and welcome to the Gift of the Horse podcast. My name is Lara Perrette and I am so grateful to have you here with me. It's a beautiful day in Cape Town. I've just come home from being with my horses and um, I thought today for this podcast I would share a personal story, something that happened along my journey um, that shifted me in a, in a very profound way, even though what happened was... Um, quite simple, <laughs> if I can say it that way. Now, this personal story I share in our mindfulness practice notes. Um, and so I'm just going to read it, <laughs> if that's okay with you guys. Um, forgive me if you hear me turning a page. Um, so in our mindfulness practice notes, there's a section that is called um, In Preparation for Our Practice. And in that section, I talk about, um, you know, my journey, what's helped me to let go of certain um, traditional ways of thinking, um, what's helped me let go of a lot of my conditioning around the horse, and um, what's really helped me to do a lot of inner work and healing. Um, and I really hope it'll help you too. As with everything, guys, the gift of the horse is my personal journey and um, sharing it has been healing in itself for me. So if this resonates with you, I encourage you to um, dig deeper within to see what else is true for you and just to bless everyone else on their path. You know, it's so important as we deepen our own journey and our practice not to become judgmental of others who are not there on their path. Um, so often I, I see, you know, especially in uh, spiritual work, as people let go of a lot of their conditioning, it's very upsetting to see people who are, are living and practicing um, their lives in, in, in maybe a way that we no longer do. Um, and it derails us a little bit from our journey. So what I encourage you guys to do is just to keep looking within and 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 to be the person that you wish to see in the world instead of going out and making others feel bad because they don't yet understand and I don't mean that in a in a in a egoic or judgmental way but not everybody is meant to walk the same path. Now when it comes to animals um this is very sensitive because if we notice an animal's possibly been mishandled or unconsciously handled, it, it really triggers a, a lot. Um, and I talk about that in a few videos on the gift of the horse, so I won't get too, di <laughs> too distracted. But um, as always, guys, bless others on their path and know that whatever path they're on, they're on it because they are meant to be. So often we want to save people from um, and and certainly save horses and and right people and say hey you know you're doing it wrong do it this way but in in actual fact that can possibly do more harm than good because the, that person needs to get to a place where they themselves start to make inner shifts um as i say <laughs> let me not get too distracted by that and i'm going to get to my personal story okay guys so this um is from the um, in preparation of our practice in the mindfulness practice um, notes okay here we go a long time ago the circus came to my hometown i remember driving past the big red and white striped tent and feeling chills 
as I imagined what the animals who were trapped in that life were going through on a daily basis. As we got closer, my children noticed the tent and asked from the back seats, Mom, can we please go to the circus? I explained to them that we definitely do not want to go to the circus and we must not support establishments who keep animals against their will and force them to perform. I went on to explain how unfair and unnatural this was for the animals. They were enclosed and made to do tricks for the audience. It was then that my little girl, who was five years old at the time, said to me, but mum, that's exactly what you do with Vari. <laughs> now you can imagine how um, this kind of knocked me for a six. It was a very sobering moment for me. I remember I tried at first to defend myself, to say that no, what I did with Vari was quite different. But the more I backpedaled, the more I saw in me what I abhorred in circus trainers. How was what I was doing really any different? Sure, I was not cruel to my horse. I loved her dearly. But the fact was that she was captive to me. The enclosure, although a spacious field, was still an enclosure. She had no option but to stay. She relied on me completely for feed and care, and I had certainly spent many years asking her to perform for me, even for the odd crowd now and then. My little girl had opened my eyes to a very important truth. I had become nothing more than a trick trainer, the master of my own circus, seeking acknowledgement and praise from the crowd for whatever I could get the horse to do through my skill, perseverance and professionalism. Training horses to perform does not serve them in any way. They are not better off for it. They suffer, and greatly so, at the hands of highly unconscious humans. Their physical bodies are compromised, sometimes irreversibly through our training, through our need to be seen as successful and accomplished. It was a very bitter pill to swallow, but I swallowed it anyway. It didn't go down easily. I knew that great, great change was coming. I didn't know what it was going to look like or who I was going to ask for help. All I knew was that the route I took that day Driving past that scary circus tent and the gloriously simple yet profound wisdom that my daughter had shared with me all happened exactly and entirely on purpose. I was ready. It was time. And I needed to go straight to my horse. I had some serious apologizing to do. That was the last day I ever asked Vari to perform. I promised her that she was not a trick pony or a glorified circus animal here for the inflation of my ego. I promised her that I would keep her safe and get to work on myself. And as I stood there, I looked into her big brown eyes and I asked her to forgive me. Something undeniable happened to me as I stood face to face with this big, black, gentle animal, acknowledging what I had done, promising to change, and asking for her forgiveness, to forgive my arrogance and to forgive my ignorance, to forgive my lack of acceptance and to forgive my lack of understanding. It was as if in that moment I understood more about the grace of horses than I ever thought possible. It was as if all I had to do was ask 
I left the stables that day knowing I had great work to do. I needed to heal the relationship between us. I resolved to offer Vari a lot of space and time, a way of honoring my promise to her, but more so because I had to figure out how to break these egoic patterns within me. I had to look at my own conditioning and I had to figure out why I was projecting this conditioning onto my horse and who else was I doing this to. I had to clear my head and take a long, hard look in the mirror. I still met with Vari every day, but I offered her my love from a distance until I had got my ego under control. I had so much to learn. Once I realized these many truths that now form the gift of the horse philosophy, my seemingly unquenchable desire to do groundwork and endless circles literally dissolved. And I think that is where I will leave it here, guys. <laughs> there is quite a lot more in these notes. Um, as my sister said, you know, because she helped me with the editing um, for this mindfulness practice. She said the prep notes could be a book in themselves because they, they're quite long. And in the prep notes, I really get to the crux of it. Um, and that's also why, guys, when I introduced uh, this little personal story, um, it's very important, you know, that for, for, for everybody to remember that we are all on our own path. And, and as I read this to you, these were my realizations and my truths. So my truth is that training a horse in endless circles does not benefit her. And it is so true to me that I could never do it again. But I used to do it. <laughs> this is the thing. I used to train in endless circles. It was the circle or nothing, you know. So um, I cannot be a hypocrite and, and, and say this and, and condemn others who are doing it. That is not uh, the purpose of this. Um, it's to share what is true for me and how it has helped me heal, letting go of, of these needs to, to, to prove something, to get the horse to do something. And, you know, a lot of our philosophies um, talk about what is most natural to the horse. We did a, a podcast on that. I think it was the previous podcast to this one. And um, you, you are more than welcome to, to go have a listen to that. It talks a little bit about um, supporting the horse to be as natural as possible and looking at what's natural, what's not natural. Um, and what I was saying with regards to, you know, this being my truth, and I share it in this way in the mindfulness practice because those who join the mindfulness practice are already at the point where they're wanting to let go of what they're doing with their horses because they have an uneasiness within them. You know, they'd go about their training and do their stuff and carry on, but there was always a little bit of a, I'm not sure if I feel like this is right for me to do this. This is If this is right for me to ask the horse to do this for me. Um, and they're walking around with a little bit of an uneasy feeling within. So it's these people that I'm speaking to in the prep notes, in the mindfulness practices. I go straight to the point. I cut right to the chase and I say what I say and I share from my heart in a very raw way. When I share on Facebook and, and, and Instagram, it's not quite as um, raw and honest um, well, it, it's very honest, but I take it much deeper in this book because I feel the mindfulness practice is a safe place for me to to really get to the grassroots of this philosophy. And 
I know that it's very well received by the ladies and, and, and the people that are in the program because everybody's kind of primed and ready to take it deeper. So I say, let's go. <laughs> we go pretty deep. So um, thank you guys for listening. Um, as I say, this was a little excerpt from this mindfulness practice book. And it would be wonderful if I um, maybe read a couple more little sections from this book because, it, it, as I say, it goes pretty deep. It's pretty raw. And um, for me, it's, it's pretty awesome to read my own work. It takes me back there again. <laughs> okay, guys, um, thank you so much for listening and a beautiful day to everybody. And we'll see you soon on the next Gift of the Horse podcast. Take care. Bye.